Good afternoon from the University of Southern California and welcome to Annenberg Radio News for April 15th, 2015. I'm David Hadari. A Los Angeles County judge ruled today that former rap mogul Shug Knight is to stand trial on charges of murder and attempted murder. Rebecca Gibbion reports. Los Angeles Superior Court Judge Ronald Cohen made his ruling today after wrapping up the preliminary hearing. Knight is facing one count of murder for running over a man in a Compton parking lot earlier this year and one attempted murder for a hit and run. The incident came after Knight was shot repeatedly in a West Hollywood nightclub last year. Knight's defense attorney, James Cooper, believes the case rests on whether the victims were threatening Knight with guns. The evidence, in my opinion, is very clear that there were two guns there. And if they both had weapons and they invited you over there and they began to attack you the moment you showed up, that means you have the right to use whatever force necessary to get out of there. During the preliminary hearing, the surviving victim recanted portions of his statements, saying he was not a snitch. Knight's girlfriend, Toy Kelly, believes Knight was the victim of the crime. It's, it's kind of distasteful for the judge to make that kind of statement to say that he used deadly force when, you know, the other person was only using non-deadly force. I mean, anybody being attacked, however it's, it's perceived, at that moment, we can't say how would we react. Knight collapsed following the hearing today and was hospitalized. His 50th birthday is on Sunday. Rebecca Gibeon, Annenberg Radio News. Protesters met this morning to discuss why a 24-hour Walmart in Pico Rivera closed its doors. The company cited plumbing issues, but not all employees believe that's why the store was shut down. Evelyn Cruz is a former associate. She believes the shutdown is an attempt to stop activists who are fighting for higher wages. But this affects 540 associates just in one city. And because most of them were active and willing to fight for, um, for their rights and for the ability to have a voice in their workplace, that's the reason why this is being done. The store was closed on Monday, leaving 530 employees without jobs. Richard Rodriguez comes to Walmart two or three times a week. He thinks the store is just renovating. They're just trying to keep their stores in the best possible uh, uh, condition, and I, I appreciate that because they do have a great store. I mean, uh, they're number one in the U.S. <laughs> Five stores in total were closed, including some in Texas and Florida. Walmart says the plumbing could take up to six months to fix. A new report says Los Angeles spends $100 million each year dealing with homelessness. This includes as much as $87 million on arrests and other police services. The report says a wide range of city employees, such as librarians, park rangers and paramedics, devote significant time and resources to dealing with problems homeless people bring. But the report says the city doesn't have a coordinated plan for dealing with the issue. The California Senate advanced a bill today that would prevent defendants in civil cases from claiming sexual consent of a minor as a defence. This comes after the Los Angeles Unified School District successfully argued last year that a 14-year-old girl who had sex with a teacher shared responsibility. The bill closes a loophole because defendants currently cannot use similar arguments in criminal cases. The bill was passed unanimously and now moves to the Assembly. The City Commission today postponed a decision that would prohibit taxi drivers from smoking cigarettes in their cars. Andy Vasoyan reports. Cabbies are currently allowed to light up between customers and with passengers that don't mind the smoke. But cab company managers are pushing for tighter standards to better compete with taxi alternatives like Lyft. Lyft drivers can have their contracts suspended if they get bad reviews for foul-smelling cars. The new proposal has to go through the Board of Taxi Cab Commissioners if approved, the public will have a chance to weigh in before the final vote. 
Andy Vasoyan, Annenberg Radio News. Cargo traffic at the Port of Los Angeles shot up about 17% last month. The increase followed a slow start to the year as the port struggled with congestion and labour disputes. Cargo volumes in March ranked the second highest in the port's history. The Securities and Exchange Commission launched an informal inquiry into the LAUSD iPad fiasco. SEC will now look into whether the LAUSD officials followed the law when they used bond funds for the now-abandoned $1.3 billion plan that gave every student an iPad. This comes the same week as the district announced it would seek a refund from Apple and Pearson from the problematic iPad rollout. According to the LA Times, the SEC will be looking into whether the district properly disclosed how the bonds would be used. District officials said they're optimistic they've addressed the SEC's concerns. Today, Metro announced a public information campaign and new safety app to help combat sexual harassment on LA's public transportation. Sarah Tiano has more. After a survey revealed 22% of riders experience harassment, Metro partnered with the Sheriff's Department and Peace Over Violence to develop the Off Limits campaign. The campaign encourages victims and witnesses to report incidents on buses and trains. L.A. County Supervisor Sheila Kuehl praised Metro for bringing awareness to the subject. Well, I hope that it will increase ridership because people will feel ever more safe. Uh, And they are safe. They should just know that we care about their safety as well. While Metro riders are glad to see the issue addressed, some still have concerns can't use service down here so I don't know how that would work but if it does work that would be that would be good I think it does make me feel comfortable that there's an option out there at least the city will continue looking out for sexual violence issues throughout April in honor of sexual assault awareness month Sarah Tiano Annenberg radio news today's moderate Santa Ana winds have put the Southern California area in danger of wildfires winds coming from the east are blowing dry desert air toward the coast Mark Jackson is with the National Weather Service. We have uh, very dry fuels right now, not not as dry as they will be later on in the summer or in the fall, but we are ahead of schedule. We typically are concerned mostly with the um, western slopes of the mountains and the foothills, Santa Monica Mountains as well. Jackson noted that we'll be seeing more conditions like these as we move toward the summer. Today is Holocaust Remembrance Day. In Hebrew, that's Yom HaShoah. A number of Angelino and Israeli groups hosted an event to keep the memory alive of those lost. Logan Healy has more. In late October 1944, World War II was winding down in Europe, but thousands of Hungarian Jews were still being sent to concentration camps. The likelihood of death was very real. One family didn't have to face that fate thanks to some special friends. Louis and Marie Gruber took their Jewish friends, the Spitz family, to a secret apartment hidden in a factory storage room in the basement of their building in Budapest. The Grubers faced great danger and possibly death if their plan was discovered. They didn't even tell their children what they were doing. The Museum of Tolerance today honored this brave story of Christians helping Jews during the Holocaust. Museum director Liebe Gift wishes there were many more stories like this one. Unfortunately, in the grand scheme of things, The uh, number of people who really stood up and displayed this kind of courage was relatively small. More than 100 Holocaust survivors and World War II veterans attended today's event. The museum also held a ribbon cutting for a new memory reconstruction art exhibit. Logan Healy, Annenberg Radio News.
And if you've ever wondered about the origins of curious words and phrases, here's Rania and Iftos with today's root source. Reporting live from DeKalb County, Tom Regan. Reporting live in Clayton County. Reporting live, Kennesaw and West Cobb, Jim Strickland. Channel 2 Action News. Report. While the first thing that comes to mind is a journalist live in the field, the word actually comes from the Latin word portare, meaning to bring back. The mid-19th century gave rise to the phrase submit a formal report or inform the authority of someone's presence. And thus, the phrase reporting for duty emerged. Science officer Spock, reporting as ordered, Captain. 007, reporting for duty. The word used for news reached its peak in the 1980s, when television reporting began running on a 24-hour news cycle. Since then, the term has been a common sign-off for broadcast news. Reporting for Annenberg Radio News, I'm Rania Niftos. The Los Angeles Times Festival of Books is happening this weekend on the USC campus. The annual event has become the largest book festival in the country. Leah Harari sat down with the, Los- with the Los Angeles Times book critic David Eulin to talk about the literary landscape in LA. I was reading an article actually on Slate, and I know that you've also written a lot of books sort of on this topic, of LA as a literary city. So what is your, your view on that? Well, I think it's... Um it's a city that doesn't define itself as a literary city, which, uh, but it's always it's a city that has always had a lot of, of writers and a lot of literature being created here. At the beginning of the 20th century, a lot of those writers were coming from elsewhere, probably drawn um, by Hollywood to, to write for Hollywood, and they wrote about Los Angeles through a kind of lens of exoticism because it was so different from where they were coming from, usually the East Coast. I think that one of the issues with Los Angeles being recognized as a literary city is that it is so defined by other art forms. It's so defined, obviously, by film. It's defined uh, very much by visual art, I think. It's defined by music and television and sort of you know popular culture um, arts. And so writing doesn't quite penetrate the surface, even for people who live here, certainly for people who don't. The paradox is that I think that that's actually very beneficial to the writers who are here because it means that we can um, kind of do what we're doing without too many people kind of looking over our shoulder or paying attention so we can um, make as many mistakes and fail as much as we want or need to um, before we hit what we're trying to do. And I think failure is a huge part of um, the artistic process. When I do read things about Los Angeles or that are kind of concerning the city, they focus a lot on that on that sort of utopian but dystopia kind of paradox and the idea of this city that is very divided. Right. So what's sort of your your opinion when writers tend to take that route, which I think is a very popular route to take when discussing Los Angeles as a whole? I, you know, to be honest, I think it's a route that I found extreme. I didn't grow up here. I grew up in New York, and I moved here um, about 24 years ago. And, and it, it, it's a very seductive uh, interpretation of the city. It's one that I loved for the first several years I was here. It really fueled a sense of particularly the dystopian part of it. But that does seem true to me of the city up until about five years ago. I think it is in the process of changing into a different kind of city, and I'm very curious to see what that is. The longer that I live here, I realize it's a very, it's a very complex city. There's a lot more to it, even though it's looked at as being such a shallow kind of urban environment. There's really a lot to it, and I, I've always sort of thought of it that idea is like the city with two heads. 
It is very much that, I think. And I think it is, you know, it's interesting as we tend to think about those stereotypes of the shallowness as something that outsiders impose on the city. But in fact, it's something that residents also kind of impose on or, or read the city. It's a filter that, that, that people who live here like to read the city through as well. So what do you want to see happen? in the Los Angeles sort of literary scene? Um, I, I think it's, I, I, I guess I would just want to see more of what's going on. I think that it's a pretty vibrant literary community. I think that it's extremely diverse in terms of approaches, in terms of genre, in terms of sort of, you know, mainstream writing, experimental writing. Um, I think there are a lot of really interesting hubs and communities um, centered around writing programs, around universities, centered around publications. What I'd like to see is more. So I would like to see, I'm very heartened when I go to events um, and I see lots of people attending, particularly events where I see lots of younger people attending, people under the age of 30, that there seems to be a kind of vibrant grassroots upswell, which I think is the key to sort of the, the, the survival and not just the survival, but the thriving of that community. I know you came up with a book called The Lost Art of Reading. Yes. Right? I would say that that is definitely something that I can connect with. So I just wanted your kind of your opinion on that. And if you think it's getting any better or what's the way to kind of connect to that to that love of reading and the love of books again. Well, I think, you know, I think it's always a personal thing. The book grew out of my own experience with sort of having difficulty concentrating on reading in the way that I once had. But I do think that for me what it required, which it never required when I was younger, is a kind of conscious effort where, you know, there is so much noise and so many things in the culture that are constantly pulling on our sleeves and asking us to pay attention to them. Um, and so much of our conversation with our friends and colleagues now revolve around things that are happening in Instantly, like, did you see that, that, you know, whatever the story is, or did you see that post somewhere? I think it's hard for us, we're so used to now jumping around that it's hard for us to turn all of that off and just zero in and kind of sink into a book and let that, that narrative take us away. Just try and really concentrate and, and focus on what I'm doing. And I think that in some ways it's a reaction to the culture of multitasking. I actually use the phrase monotasking. I try to be a monotasker and just do one thing at a time. On Sunday at the Festival of Books, he will be in conversation with Pulitzer Prize-winning poet Gary Snyder. Tune into Annenberg Radio, tune into Annenberg TV News for a live acoustic performance by USC's own The Neighbours. The Folk Quartet will be at this weekend's Broke Cella. ETVN airs at 6pm on Trojan Vision. That's all we've got time for this Thursday. For all of us here at Annenberg Radio News, I'm David Hadari.